Real quick, before we get into the show, I wanted to share a new service called Getita that Ken and I have been using that has made us over $10,000 in Amazon reimbursements. The service requires no monthly subscription, and Getita collects a small percentage of the money they recover for you. It takes less than five minutes to set up and works on all Amazon marketplaces. Go to getita.com, G-E-T-I-D-A, and enter promo code FTM400. That's FTM for firing the man 400 to get your first $400 in reimbursements commission free. How much money does Amazon owe you? Welcome everyone to the Firing the Man podcast, a show for anyone who wants to be their own boss. If you sit in a cubicle every day and know you are capable of more, then join us. This show will help you build a business and grow your passive income streams in just a few short hours per day. And now your hosts, serial entrepreneurs, David Shoma and Ken Wilson. Welcome everyone to the Firing the Man podcast. On today's episode, we are joined by Yanni Kosminski. Yanni was a guest back in 2021, and this ended up being one of our most downloaded episodes. Yanni has been involved in all different areas of e-commerce, and we're super excited to have him as a guest on the show. Now, Ken, we just got done recording this podcast, and a ton of knowledge bombs. What did you think? Yeah, it was dynamite. You know, some of the stuff that, you know, a lot of the businesses that Yanni's working on, he's got multi-serial entrepreneur to the core. Got a lot, tons of businesses that he's working on growing and, and uh, facilitating. And and one thing that we went over is uh, his new business venture, our new-ish uh, South Coal. And they're kind of partnering with brands and bringing in all of their uh, their knowledge and, and operations, product, marketing, everything, and kind of building out a blueprint of an exit and partnering with, with an operator. It's a very unique strategy. I haven't seen it. Uh, we talk a lot about it. Uh, Yanni has a, a downloadable. He kind of presented, uh, what's this look like? They, they come in and they analyze everything and build out a, a, a 24-month exit blueprint, and it's very detailed. So excited to share with the uh, with the audience. Absolutely. Whether you are building a business to sell, thinking about selling, maybe in conversations with uh, a potential buyer, this is an episode you are not going to want to miss. Welcome, everyone, to the Firing the Man podcast. We've got Yanni Kosminski coming back for the second time on the episode. Welcome, Yanni. David, Ken, thank you both for having me. It is an absolute honor to be back. Absolutely. So we've been chatting a little bit on email. I'm glad to get you back on the pod. You've been busy the last couple of years and would like to hear what you've been up to and what's going on with some of your existing ventures and some of the new ventures that, that you've been on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'll uh, try and breeze through this bit as quickly as possible so as not to bore the audience, but just to give you guys a little bit of context so we can build into a meaningful, hopefully learning experience. My name is Johnny Kosminski. I am Australian. Hopefully my accent still comes through, but I spent the last 10 years in the US and and now Tel Aviv through this journey have been heavily involved in in e-commerce, creative advertising, digital marketing. I started a company with my co-founder Lippy about 4 years ago called Multiply Me, which is an executive search recruitment company into the Philippines finding high-level talent. We'll place them in businesses and then we'll help with payroll and healthcare and those those types of solutions, but really focused on the e-commerce space and helping businesses grow affordably or, or as we like to call it scale. That's Multiply Me. Escala is a process improvement management consultancy. So that's just a really fancy way of saying we help actually declutter or, or help you get clarity on what's happening inside of your operation, design 
design the processes and systems, build out all your SOPs, training videos, documentation, your org chart, accountability chart, and and effectively help you again scale the operation. So that's Multiply Me and Scala. And at the end of last year, we as a Scala got together with Global Wired Advisors, who were formerly known as Global Wired Advisors, now GW Partners. They're an investment bank in the space. They've done well over a billion dollars in transaction value, and they sell e-commerce and DTC brands. That's that's one one of the three joint venture partners. We have Sellers Fi, who are formerly Sellers Funding. They are, you know, one of the larger non-dilutive capital lenders in the space. I think I can say this, but I'm pretty sure they've got uh should be careful here. They've got a lot of money out. Let's let's put they've got a lot of money out in loans in the hundreds of millions of dollars. And, you know, they are really helping e-commerce businesses again scale. There's a little bit of a theme going on here. And together, the three of us have brought to life South Coal, which is effectively an exit accelerator for e-commerce brands, where what we're doing is we're investing in founders. So we're looking to inject a million to $5 million in capital into these businesses, help them grow over a two-year period, give them expert advice, building that growth and exit roadmap, and then effectively selling the business through what GWA do and through, obviously, the funding component from Sellers Fi, and then we as a Scala company actually that operational roadmap and hold founders effectively accountable, almost like a, a, an accountability partner in the business, but so much more. We like to think ourselves as a smart money really coming in and not just saying, here, do your thing. It's here, absolutely, you're the owner, you're the majority equity owner in the business. We are here to support you and guide you through these areas that you know you might not have uh, otherwise seen or gone through yourselves. And I'm sure we'll get into it in the episode, but we had a thesis around what was going on in the e-commerce aggregator space and we saw some potential gaps and holes and opportunities to uh, take a different approach and and that's how we really came up with South Coal. So I think that's a little bit much about me. Let's uh, pass it back over to you guys so we can start to add some value. So Yanni, thanks for sharing all those. Yes, uh, as we we're talking before the the show, you're very busy, which which is great. Lots of projects and, and lots of synergy. It sounds like between those, and so you've kind of rolled that into a new venture where I'd like to dive into a little bit more. We have a lot of Amazon sellers, Walmart sellers, a lot of e-commerce sellers listening to the podcast, and they're probably like, hmm, "That's interesting," because aggregators. You know, we've had a few people on the show in the last few months that it's we've talked about the aggregator space and how it's kind of I don't want to say crumbled, but it it's kind of went south, right? And aggregators raised a ton of money, bought up a bunch of brands, operational piece of it, it, it kind of uh, it just failed. They didn't didn't really like go to get into that too much and, and execute well, I think. One of the pieces I believe is, is they didn't bring the operators along. They just took the assets and they didn't bring the operators. And so what you had described with Salcol is kind of like you're not only funding, which is crucial for growth in e-commerce. Everybody knows that cash flow is, is, a, is a pain in the ass. And then also SOPs, processes, and a roadmap, right? And kind of blending all that together sounds like a really, really unique path. Can you dive a little bit more into like, what does it look like? And so, you you know, you mentioned um, like an incubator, a two-year period. And so where you're, fight, you're partnering with brands with it and you keep the operator on and you just support the operator. And then at the two years, can, can you kind of walk through what, what, it, what it looks like? If I was an operator listening to this, I'm like, maybe this sounds like a good fit to me and they could reach out and, and do that and connect. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would love to start though, before I dive into that, to some of the points that you brushed over. Uh, very, maybe not cautiously, but you, you brushed over around the aggregators because I just want to share sort of part of the thesis that we had and and one of the things that we witnessed, you know, happening throughout the course of, 
a four-year period. And I'm going to use the example of, of Thrasser, just sort of talking through what we saw, what happened, where where it all sits. And, and I think that this is the representation of what's happened to the most of the aggregators, not all of them. I think there are still some strong aggregators. There it was always going to be, you know, the cream that rose to the top and we're able to actually make this make sense. And I believe that we will see that, you know, we just saw Celerex and is it Celerex and Elevate that just merged? I'm pretty sure it was the two of them. So, yeah. So, you know, now they're enormous. I mean, I'm sure they weren't intentionally looking to, to merge when they went into this, but ultimately now that's a, you know, that's a serious, we we're always going to say that consolidation, but going back to probably close to five years now, a little known company called Thrasso at the time started buying up Amazon FBA businesses, probably 2017, 18. I can't remember exactly when it started. And ultimately, you know, they were buying them at, you know, 1.2, 1.5x multiples at the start. And no one had any idea what they were doing and, and it was going really well. They actually were the fastest profitable unicorn in in history. It took them 18 months after they'd raised, I think, a billion dollars to actually hit uh, unicorn status and profitable unicorn status. They went on to acquire about 260 brands in total from, you know, plus minus from what I've heard. And... If you want tips and strategies on how to start, grow, and monetize your business online, check out the Digital Revolution podcast with Eli Adams. We interview digital experts from around the world that share their personal stories. They talk about what they're currently working on and where they see the future going. But most importantly, they share tactics in their specific area of expertise with the hope of helping you improve your digital presence online. You can listen to the Digital Revolution podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, or simply click on the link in the show notes below. We're hiring, they grew from a team of four when they started to 2000. Uh, and they did that all in the space of about three years. And what we actually found, I think it was late last year, they had to let go of about 20% of their workforce. You know, there were, there were moments when they were hiring 100 new starters uh, in a week. And we're a process improvement management consultancy. All we do all day is deploy our management consultants into businesses and look to scale them and, and fuss. We were just sitting and saying, it just can't be going, it can't be going all to plan. It's just not, it's not feasible. Like we grew from four to 120 in a couple of years and we have a process improvement consultancy as one of our businesses and even for us it was breaking and so i think what we saw and what we realized is that to your point and where you sort of started off here is that you have these incredibly passionate hungry motivated operators that have fallen in love with the idea of a product they wanted to bring to market which is the typical story rain, hail, or shine, doesn't matter if it's 3 a.m. in the morning, you are getting up. And if your listing is suppressed, your store go goes down, like you will literally go through hell and high water to make sure that that's up. When you switch that up for, you know, a Wharton, Princeton, MBA, you know, goes out drinking on the weekend and sees the, the, the store go down on a Friday night, that's, you know, that's, that's legal's problem on Monday, Tuesday, because maybe I took a sick day Monday because I went too hard over the weekend. So I think that that was probably, you now, that was one of the gaps that was missed inside of it, that it's not just a bunch of spreadsheets and numbers, but in reality, it's about the nitty gritty operators. And to take it from that and to professionalize it, it takes time. And you know, I've had loads of conversations with a lot of people about the current state of the market in the last 12 months and the challenges that exist. 
And, you know, it, it's not been a kind market, you know, where we've been talking about recession, no recession, all this stuff for, for a while now, and it's been challenging. So I think all of these things have lighted up. Coming back to the question now, and I just think it's a really important insight into like why we even thought of this idea and, and, and why we brought it to market and why we felt that it was really important that someone plugged this hole and why obviously we thought that we were the right fit is because for a lot of these founders, especially ones that maybe haven't gone through an exit before, you know, you were always pitted against the aggregator or the acquirer, I would say for anyone, go and work with an investment bank or a broker. If you're going to sell your business, you wouldn't sell your house without a realtor who has that experience. I wouldn't sell my business without one. I think that's a really high value step when you're making such big decisions about your future, your financial security and all of that. But coming back to it, we wanted to keep founders in play. We understood that they were the highest value commodity that lived inside of the business. And what we were looking to do is to actually accelerate that and say, we have this brilliant founder who loves their product, is really good at a couple of things, usually product development, sourcing the products, feeling for the material to touch, the evolution of the brand, all the things that most founders, honestly, are really passionate about, the things that they want to do more and more of. And so our idea was, let's help them professionalize. Let's come in. Let's document all their processes. Let's actually outsource to third parties like agencies and 3PLs and logistics providers and all the best professionals in the space, let's actually invest in them with the money that we're putting into the business or rather have them do it and guide them and let them be freed up to focus on the things that are actually going to increase that multiple. And so that's that's the logic behind South Coal and how it actually operates and, and how we approach it. Like the model is this, I'll, I'll say as well, like just to be totally candid here, you know, we're only really starting to talk to brands that are at about 4 million in revenue at a minimum and operating at about a 20% margin. For us, and, and I think this is really important for people to note as well, if you're the investment bank or the broker, the amount of work that you're going to ultimately end up doing for a $50 million business and a $5 million business is going to be more or less the same just from a you know the preparation of the marketing docs and 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 how they're actually going to bring it to market and all these things and so for us you know we're here to double triple quadruple the business that's why we're looking to be selective in who we invest in but there has to be sort of a you know if we're doubling tripling quadrupling a million dollar business and the multiples aren't super favorable today we feel like they're going to shift in the in the coming year or two which is great but ultimately you know it's got to make sense for everyone and we're only rewarded for upside impact so let's start there so what we're doing is we're obviously assessing the brand. We're looking to understand, you know, is the founder made of the right stuff? And and what I mean by that, and this is the huge difference between sort of a process that you would typically go through if you had sold to an aggregator or an investor or a strategic or PE firm, maybe a little bit more closely aligned with a PE or a strategic because they often bring the team in and have them operate for the coming years or potentially remain and, and stay in play. But with the aggregators, it was let's buy the business, let's get you the money in 30 days and see you later. You know, we'll ask you questions if we had them, but we're not really interested. What we're looking to do is we're saying we're getting married for the next two years, you know, till exit do us part. And we are committed to investing in you. But if you do not have, if you believe that you have all of the answers and that just give me the money and off I go and, you know, thank you very much. It's probably not the right fit because what we're trying to do is we're trying to say, we can actually help you if you listen. You still make all the decisions. You are still the majority owner of your business. You you are in control, but we're looking for a partner essentially. So we'll go through the diligence process. We'll look to truly understand what is happening from their perspective. What is the upside potential of this brand and what are the things that we need to do? So we're looking for people to come and say, I have an idea. I have a direction. I understand where it's going. I don't have all the 
answers, but but I you know I'm, I'm motivated. Real estate expert products have an idea of what they're going to look like, or I understand that I could reduce my operating costs quite significantly. But I just need to hit this volume, whatever it is, whatever the strategic direction is. We're looking for the founders to have a degree of an idea. We can obviously, will obviously help build on that. But this is not a situation. Remembering that we're a minority upside position, it's not a situation where we come, we we run the business tomorrow. We're sitting with founders everywhere. So part of our sort of agreement here is that one of the founding partners, there's five of us, will actually sit with you for 30 minutes a week, help with any aspect that you need. And you'll also sit with our management consultants every week. And through that process, we're actually making sure that if there are any things that you need, anything that's not going to plan, we're there to support and we're there to guide you. And as we're meeting new providers, new solutions, we're always feeding that back in. And and I think that's the big difference, even compared to like a typical VC, is that we're, we're actually a lot more hands-on and invested from a from a time and materials perspective than you would typically see. So the first component of it, once we say, right, we like you, you like us, we see the upside potential, we believe in you, we believe in the vision, then what we're going to do is we go into what we call the first 90 days of the accelerate phase. And in that, we're doing a lot of the stuff that we do in a typical Ascali engagement. So I like to say it's like having a therapist for your business because we'll come in, we'll interview you, shadow, look at any of the documentation, understand operationally what's happening and not just you, let's say your team is 10, 20, 30 people. We're interviewing all the key people inside of the business and we're looking to understand operationally what's happening, where are the gaps, where are the problems, what's going on. Once we've gone through that process, we're working with you to build a 24-month exit roadmap where every single three months, we have key objectives that we're looking to hit and we're looking to time it so that when we're looking at you know the trailing 12 months, which is typically how you would value a business and, and when you would how you would sell it, we're looking to front load a lot of the work so that we're really intentional about what it's going to look like. Uh, fortunately, we have a great investment bank attached to us and I think they have some pretty interesting ways to maybe look at the uh, forward 12-month revenue and not the trailing 12, but uh, that's that's a conversation for, for another day and, and, and a later stage. Uh, probably a little bit about my pay grade as well. But ultimately, we go through that process. We're holding your hand every step of the way. We're getting you the access to the capital and we'll package up the business, start you know a whisper campaign. I think one of the great value adds here is when we get to work with someone for an extended period of time and not just, you know, put a bit of lipstick on a pig and say, here you go three months later or two months later and try and sell an asset. Ultimately, we're letting people know like, hey, we've got this brand, we invested at three and a half million. It's doing 10 now. We're not even two years in, like with this fee of interest to you. So we'll actually market the brand. Obviously, GW partners have thousands of connections into the PE and strategic space. And, you know, they know the 80 odd aggregators that exist and the ones, you know, that's a lot fewer that are still buying at the minute. Um, but, but ultimately, that's the model. That's the model. I know I've just been speaking for a very long time, so I'm going to take a breath and a sip and uh, yeah, let you guys uh, do your thing. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I really, really like that approach and think that that difference between the aggregators and, and what South Cole's doing is uh, it really does address a, a big gap. And so I remember it was really the Wild West. I'll go back to like the seller con two years ago where they were giving away a Tesla if you refer somebody on a deal that they ended up closing on. And it, it was a wild time. So I got to ask, what is the next say 24 to 36 months look like for the aggregator market? Because they really had a big impact on multiples. They had a big impact on just the overall space. And it's interesting now that they've gobbled up a lot of these brands, what happens? What happens as they start to fail? As What, what are your thoughts there? 
Yeah, I'm I'm sitting here smirking because yeah, I remember that gimmick about the uh, Tesla they were giving away the jokes on whoever took the Tesla because the referral agreements they typically have might see you make half a million dollars on a transaction big enough so you take the car or you know uh, buying a house <laughs> come on uh, but it, but it, but it worked they got in a lot of trouble for that stunt because they did it they they were like soliciting at Prosper and they weren't actually sponsoring it was like a whole thing <laughs> it's a whole thing but uh, very different time. Very, very different time. I remember going to one of Thrasio's parties where I think they invested about $1,000 a head and it was like a 1,200 person event or something like crazy. Like it was just crazy. It was insane. And even going back to Prosper this year, very, very different feel to, to how it felt then. There were still events. There were still parties. It was more on the agency and service provider side that was that was sponsoring it and that and Carbon 6 and just interesting reflection thinking back from you know not that long ago to where we sit today but in terms of the next 24 or 36 months uh, when we talk about aggregators I mean I'd be lying if I said I have all the answers I'd be putting bets down on on things if, if I was so so sure of myself but I would say just in general I mean anyone who's telling you that you know and, and I speak with Jason and Chris of GW partners all the time it's a bad market it's a, it's a buyer's market right now um, that's that's the the that's the hard reality of it. You're not getting the multiples that you were seeing last year and the year before. Definitely not, and and that's not going to change for a little bit. And there's a lot of factors attached to that. It's not just the fact that. I mean, we're going through one of the toughest markets globally. People are very reluctant to buy anything right now. Like it's not just isolated in the e-commerce space. It's also in just general acquisition of businesses and people are very reluctant to buy houses now. I mean, when you look at the interest rate. So there's a lot of macroeconomic factors that play into this. But, you know, like all of this, it's cyclical. There's no way that we sit in a reality where for the next three, five, 10 years, we're sitting on this downward slump. It just, that's not how, that's not how global markets work and that's not going to be the reality. So, you know, we're, we're optimistic that, you know, 12 to 18 months from now, we'll start to see sort of the the shift happen and and start to see multiples come up. I mean, we're also seeing like a, a real, we're in a moment in time where there's a serious evolution in, in the space and, and what's happening. It's becoming a lot more professional. And so those that will succeed, those aggregators, and you know, you, you're probably going to see maybe 20% of them succeed would be my, my bet. You know, it's... Uh, it's going to happen. There are some really slick operators. You know, I'm fortunate to know that, you know, we work with a lot of aggregators. So I've seen a lot of the CEOs, a lot of the heavy operators. And, you know, I'm, I'm very, very impressed by, you know, by by a lot of the ones that I come in contact with. So these are not fully people. These are people who have a clear idea and have track records. So let's just start there. So I, I'm confident that, you know, a handful of these aggregators are going to get it right. And I think that's where it starts to heat up again, where you start to see this consolidation talking about Celerex and um, Elevate coming together now. Like that's a formidable force when it comes to the number of brands that they're managing. And if they can get that operation right. And the, you know, the German dudes, Celerex guys, like, mate, they're, they're slick. I can tell you they are slick operators. I, I believe that it will shift you know, there's no way I would be getting involved in a business like South Coal. We didn't believe that, you know, multiples would, would go to something that made a lot more sense. What I will say, though, is for brands that are starting to hit 10 million in revenue and 2, 2.5 in EBITDA, once you start to get some some real size attached to, the whole landscape changes. Like one, in general, it's a fact, multiples go up as the business increases. And so if you can get it to a 10 plus million dollar position and you have the profitability built 
built in. A strategic or a PE buyer is going to buy you for you know a, a broad number of a broad number of reasons. Like for example, you could have a situation where you have a really strong Amazon and e-commerce present, and we have a situation where a retailer who has none of that expertise looks to acquire you and then go the other way and starts actually flog it on online. I mean, it's interesting to see. I think I read about it just yesterday. Bed Bath and Beyond was acquired by Overstock.com for something like twenty-one million, and that's a really interesting play. They're rebranding as Bed Bath and Beyond and getting rid of the Overstock.com and, and leveraging those assets. So they've gone from e-commerce to now having a physical presence, and I, I think you'll see a lot go the other way, right? So my point in all of this is that growth and building and growing through this time is what is going to make a whole lot of sense. And if you can get to a meaningful number, all of these things sort of start to fade away and become a lot more irrelevant and concerning. The real challenge though for sellers in the current state in the market and just in general, it's a very different journey from zero to a million, a million to five, five to 10 and 10 and beyond. And so it's about really understanding how do I actually how do I actually get there? How do I actually take those incremental steps to take it to a meaningful number to make it make sense from you know a life-changing exit and and that f you money that we're all looking for, right? So um, so that's you know that's that's South Cole. That's the, that's the point in all of it. When I started saying about the four million dollar position, we're not trying to sell a brand under ten million dollars, right? And if we're taking a twenty odd percent stake in the business, it's got to be a real number for it to make sense to us to invest two years worth of sweat equity into the business. We're paying for GW partners' time throughout that journey. It comes off in the equity piece on the exit upon the success. You're not paying for a scala for years worth of consulting work and going through that process. Candidly, you are paying a very interest-only debt component for the funding. That was the only way that we could work it in the current state. So it's a two-year interest-only loan where the idea is that we sell the brand before it amortizes and and ultimately the founders got some access to some very you know relatively cheap cash. Excellent. So a couple of follow-up questions. One is like, you know, it's it's David and my job to like extract all the information we can from you, Yanni, to share with all the audience. And so as as you're sh- you know sharing this wealth of knowledge, South Coal sounds amazing. I think you guys, you know, you, I think you guys have a blueprint for success. Now to dive into that a little bit more, especially the FBA space over the last, you know, six to twelve months, eighteen months we're seeing a lot of margin compression come into the to the market. We're seeing what we call the the COVID hangover for sales, kind of like sales are soft. We're seeing all of these issues come in, and so as you as you guys are like looking at brands to partner with, partnering with the brands, like can you share with the audience maybe the top you know two or three things, three to five things that you guys are focusing on while you're developing that plan, that that two year exit plan, saying okay, hey guys, we see this, we can improve here, we can improve here, we can improve here. Let's build out this plan, and these are the things that we're going to go after. Can you share with the audience some of those things that you guys are working on? Absolutely. Absolutely. Tell me because, I mean, it would take me a second to pull it up, but what I would pull up and share with you guys is is how we actually build at a very high level, the exit roadmap. Thanks everyone for tuning in to this week's podcast. We had a awesome conversation with Yanni and we could not stop at the 30 minute mark. And so we are going to do a part two of this episode next week. Thanks everyone for tuning in and we'll see you then. Before you go, we wanted to share a new service that Ken and I have been using called Getita that has made us over $10,000 in Amazon reimbursements. The service requires no monthly subscription and Getita collects a small percentage of the money they recover for you. It takes less than five minutes to set up and works on all Amazon marketplaces. 
go to getida.com, G-E-T-I-D-A.com, and enter promo code FTM400. That's FTM for Firing the Man 400 to get your first $400 in reimbursements commission free. How much money does Amazon owe you?